Welcome to That's Feminism Bro. I'm your host, Bridget Van Buskirk, and together we explore diverse voices in modern female strength. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey guys, my mic wasn't on. <laughs> no big deal. It only took me about four minutes to realize. Anyway, I was just telling you that back when I was in my like mid to late 20s, I was talking to a few friends about our periods and the unanimous consent was that the only way to know your period had arrived was to wake up in the middle of the night with soiled PJs. I was absolutely blown away that these women were saying that. Not only was I myself an avid period tracker and probably had at least a decade or two of experience back then, but I was also counting on natural family planning and understanding of my period and my cycle to get me pregnant when I wanted to get pregnant or to keep me from getting pregnant when I didn't want to get pregnant. Um, so I could use whip out words like mucus and cervix and these ladies were out buying new underwear and new sheets once a month. But the reality is we really should know how our bodies work. One, it's super helpful because the hormone fluctuation that we work through through that 28 or so days explains our mood, our energy level, our confidence, our food cra- cravings. Two, womanhood is under attack right now. And frankly, it's our own ignorance about our bodies and how they work that helped open up the door to that. We need to get to know how our cycles ebb and flow over decades and decades so that that because that's what makes us the women that we are. It makes our strengths, our weaknesses. It helps define the specific type of people that we are attracted to and our partners. And all of that is influenced, not in part, but predominantly because we menstruate. Three, it's really simple biology, and we need to understand ourselves on a very scientific, factual level before we can grasp all the esoteric stuff. And four, and we're going to hit this again in an upcoming interview, it will help us get or avoid pregnancy. Quick side note, we have a few cool episodes upcoming as we near the one-year mark. Jessica Wallace is going to come back on the docket and help us um, understand a little bit more of our post-tax talk and talk to us about money. And then we even have a death doula who's on the... um, on the cycle. And she's going to help us understand this, the opposite end of this life cycle that we're talking about today. So if you want to ask any questions about that, don't forget to hit me up on Instagram. I'm at that's feminism bro or via email. That's feminism bro at gmail.com. But anyway, um, so let's, let's go back. Let's kind of start from what we learned in middle school health class and work our way up to where we are right now. Did you know the average age of a first period was once 14 to 15, and now it's 11 to 12? 11 to 12. Some people say that that's because of the um, BPA and the plastics, and some studies are even linking it to fatherless homes. So there's a lot to unpack there and what's going on with our young gals. But before we get started, kind of indulge me for a minute in my little hippie notions. Hit the pause button and ask yourself, what's up? Answers might be, I'm tired, I'm pissed, or I'm a badass, but dig a little bit deeper and follow each answer down its path. Ask the who, the what, the why, the when, and the where. Maybe it's where in my body am I achy? Maybe it's when did I start feeling this excitement about the upcoming project? Maybe it's why am I so mad at him or her? Anyway, you get it. Hit the pause. I'll wait. So you're back. Um, First, none of those feelings are wrong. Now, if you had a really angered feeling and you wanted to kill someone, it would be wrong to play that out. But the actual feeling of anger or hurt, that isn't wrong. We just have a better chance of staying out of prison and mentally in good health if we can ask all the other questions, the why, the where, the when, and the how. And then we can start to connect those questions with answers written in our DNA, in our hormones, and you guessed it, in our menstrual cycle. 
So let's go to the biology backstory. In utero, there's no sex differentiation until about six weeks. So you're neither girl nor boy as your body really begins to develop. But it takes very clear direction, not from feelings, of course, but from hormones that set you on a course of becoming male or female. From your brain and your hormone complex, the body responds by developing as such, male or female. When you're in utero, you are gifted the hundreds of thousands of eggs that will be released from your body from about your preteen years until your menopausal years. That all happens in utero. Also, just to know, boys get a hit with a hearty dose of tea at that stage in mom's pregnancy. So to say they don't get testosterone until puberty is false and totally lacking in any science. It starts in utero and it happens again when their testicles descend, which is around the terrible two age, which is why it's called the terrible two age. Um, So by the time boys hit puberty, that huge tea dump their body gets, it's already familiar with the hormone and it already knows how to respond to the hormone because it's already had a couple hits of that hormone. So I just wanted to clarify that math. But anyway, back to us gals. Please notice I'm not using the very redundant biological woman because those mean the same thing. Uh, fast forward. So here's your first your first period. Your um, endometrial lining, it sheds and it exits your body through your vagina. This is your menstrual phase of your cycle. It's when the bleeding ends about three or five days later, then you enter into the follicular phase. So often it's just called the follicular phase, phase and it just starts with that menstrual cycle. You no longer have an endometrial lining, so your body prepares a new one all over again. It starts to thicken and an ovum in your ovaries starts to mature as it gets ready to be released. That takes you to section two. That's your ovulatory phase. So in ovulation, which is about two weeks before your period, your ovary releases the now mature ovum and you ovulate. Funnel fact about the ovum, it's about the size of the tip of a pencil, so it's super, super small. And um, that takes us into the final phase, which is the luteal phase, where your endometrial lining continues to thicken. When you don't become pregnant, your uterus sheds the lining, marking the start of your period, and the cycle starts all over again, calling it the menstrual phase. So our average cycle is about 28 days. Some of us go longer and some of us go shorter. The incredible thing about the human body is that it's unique totally to you. Some of it is hereditary. You tend to do what your mother did, but unique to you, which is why it's so important to listen, to track, to understand so you know the course that your body is running. And even still in your life, some aspects are going to change. Sometimes it changes because of um, pregnancy, postpartum, how long you're nursing for, how often you have intercourse. Sometimes it changes over your stress level. Are you moving? Did you have a bad breakup? Whatever it is. So you really want to listen. And the more data you collect, the better off it is. Now on our phones, on our watches, there's there's all kinds of um, apps that can help you track this. And you just have to hop on in every morning and say how you're feeling or notice discharge levels or uh, just notice when you're bleeding and just mark even start date, finish date for that. And sometimes your watch will just do the rest. So if I just pull up my my watch right here, some fun little facts. The past six months, I've been averaging... Uh, a 25-day cycle. I had one day when I went up for 28, and I'm bleeding for pretty consistently five days. So see, it's very cool. The more we listen, the more we track, the more we understand ourselves. The more familiar we are with our cycle, the easier it is to understand when you're ovulating and can become pregnant. That is some super valuable information right there. So that's um, the nuts and bolts. And then now... Let's kind of hit it again. So we're going to take just a sidestep from the science, and we're going to talk about uh, the side effects from the science, and then we'll hit the science again. 
But uh, let's take it back. When you don't become pregnant, your uterus sheds the lining. And that's marking the start of the period and the cycle starts all over again, right? So that's where we ended off. So since the shedding of the uterine lining is an energy intensive process, it's kind of nice to hook our digestive system up with a little bit of rest. That's where we like to eat easy to digest meals like soups and stews, that kind of thing. You might be feeling like a badass during that week, and you'll probably be more physically active and maybe even too busy for food cravings, which sometimes means we don't even always feel hungry. So you have to really load up on protein and complex carb-rich foods that are light and fresh that can keep you going since your energy is so, so intense. Here's where we like to hit water-dense vegetables, too, to make sure we're hydrating. Cucumbers, celery, fruits, whole grains, lean proteins like eggs, chicken, or cod. Those are all great during that follicular phase. But if you want to add in some detoxifying juices, you're welcome to do that. Your body's not going to hate that. Then the estrogen and the testosterone levels peak right around ovulation. You still have loads of energy and you're probably still not super hungry. That's why we have to start filling up on more of the leafy greens and the deeper veggies like the Brussels and the cabbage and the broccoli. Um, During this phase, we have to support our liver and our gut because of the extra estrogen metabolism that's going on. So it's actually a really good time to hit up smoothies and salads and deep soups because uh, they'll help you out during that ovulation phase. Um, We have a lot of estrogen pumping through right now, so we want to make sure that we do keep our our body functioning fluidly. So you'll notice you'll be turning towards the leafy greens a little bit more. If you're not, you're going to feel backed up, so make sure that you're taking care of that with yogurts and whatnot. Then in the luteal phase, uh, this goes without saying, but this is the one if you're not charting, you can probably start charting just by saying like, what days was I most tired, fatigued, lacking energy, disinterested? That's probably the luteal phase. We also tend to be hungrier on those days because it's leading up to our period. So women notoriously struggle with cravings right around now. And it's almost always the unhealthy foods. That's where we want our sugar and our fat and all our our salty stuff. Um, But if you could try to avoid it and really think about what your body needs during this phase instead of what it wants during this phase. So this is where we start focusing on foods rich in B vitamins, essential fatty acids. It wouldn't hurt to hook yourself up with some magnesium right around here. The increase of the nutrients that we're going to add in will support what's going on internally, which is the progesterone production. And it'll also help reduce some of the symptoms that we see, like um, breast tenderness, cramps, mood swings. Sometimes that's just a lack of those B vitamins, and sometimes it's just the need for a little bit more fatty acid. So that might even help you control some of those cravings. Anyway, during this phase, um, our metabolic rate is elevated, and that happens during almost the full second half of your cycle. So you do start to feel hungrier because you feel like you're burning more calories. But instead of like loading up on the cookie dough, you want to avoid the sweet stuff because you can take more advantage of your weight gain or your weight change by giving your body what it actually needs. Right now, it is, um, our metabolic rate is better. So our metabolism is a little bit higher. Think back to your teenage self when everything came in and went right out and you were nice and thin. That happens for a couple days here. If you play it smart, fill your plate up with the healthy stuff. Put in healthy fats. Think about um, avocado toast during this time. Add in some seeds. Drink the coconut milk so you can get a little bit of the hit of the sweet stuff, but really, really go heavy on the healthy fats. 
Uh, sometimes people say juices um, and smoothies around here, but I think if you can kind of pull back on all of the salady stuff and the smoothie stuff, I would keep the protein in, I guess, if you if you have like a protein smoothie, but maybe think about putting it into um, like into your meat and make it more physical, like the eggs and the meat. Because you want to try to really ground and comfort the meal preparations. You know your period's coming, so you want to give yourself warm cooked meals, hearty meals, um, what are those called, like a slow cooker type things, and then hook yourself up with the vegetables. Maybe make them roasted instead of salad form. So that's how we want to play around with the way we're eating. Now, now we got a basics for um, the front end and the back end. So we're going to work backwards and we're going to go back into just a real, real overview of what your period is. I am so amazed at the amount of people that don't have all the right information and so amazed at the amount of information that's out there. As a matter of fact, I was preparing this and I I went to like WebMD and I went to Women's Health. I thought both of those would be really logical places to find some basics on the menstrual cycle. And sure enough, it talked about if you're um, a menstruating person, like it took out the word woman. So we're a little concerned about what we're getting out there. And um, I just think more information is better information. So now we're going to take it back and we're just going to look at the overview of what happens menstruation is the technical term it just means getting your period it happens about once a month females start when they go through puberty and they're going to experience this menstrual bleeding that's going to go on until they go through menopause and menopause is um perimenopause is the all the symptoms that lead up to menopause menopause is literally just one day it's the day you have gone a year without your period perimenopause is all of the stuff that happens before that the heat flashes and all of the symptoms that we always talk about and we call menopause that's technically perimenopause so as you start to pull back on all of the periods that you're having some of us have that for three years some of us have it for five it's not uncommon to have menopause go all the way up into seven eight years so it's going to be just like your period totally you need to you. But anyway, this menstrual bleeding starts in puberty and it ends when you hit menopause. It happens because the lining of the uterus is preparing itself for a possible pregnancy. This is how amazing our bodies are. So when you want to fight for feminism, please understand that our body was literally created to prepare for pregnancy and to hold and bear children. That is a profound purpose of our physical body. Um, and that's why we have this period. That's why we go through this for all of these years. So our body has been, our our um, lining of our uterus has been preparing itself for this pregnancy and it gets thicker and richer in blood vessels. Then when the pregnancy doesn't occur, then the thickening lining is shed. That's accompanied by the bleeding. Super personal to all of us. I said mine were consistent on that five days. It can last three days. It can last eight days. Um, for most women, it becomes super regular and predictable. Not always. You'll have a couple of days, like I said, stress if you're moving or if you just switch jobs where your cycle will be shorter and a couple where it'll be longer. Please do be aware of going months without a cycle, especially if you're not pregnant. Sometimes you athletes, especially, you'll lose your cycle or eating disorders, they'll lose their cycle. That is not okay. As a matter of fact, if you're not sure, you kind of secretly know that you've been pushing it too hard 
hard in the gym or you've been too concerned about your weight, that's one place to look. When was my last period? And if you can't come up with a date, even just a rough estimate, like, no, no, I definitely had it last month because, oh yeah, I remember I didn't want to go out that night that everybody went out, whatever it was, please note that because the second you can't come up with that date, you need to rethink and you should just have a quick chat with your doctor and be really aware of, um, be aware of your cycle because it's indicative of your overall health. Um, so usually the cycle runs from about 21 to 35 days. Some of us, you know, are a little longer. Some of us are a little shorter. It's broken out into the phases. Like I said, um, the first phase starts on the first day of bleeding. So whenever you go to the OB and they say, when, when was your last period? Or if you're pregnant, you go from that last, the date of that first bleeding day. Again, not a great idea to be totally surprised by soaking sheets. You should probably have sensed it coming because you're wiping away a little bit of something. And then the next day you might get hit with something a little bit more. Um, usually bleeding is heaviest on the first two days. They say that bleeding is uh, three to five tablespoons. If you use the Diva Cup or any of those, then you probably have a better idea of that. But it's generally pretty heavy on the first couple of days and then it'll wean off. Sometimes it'll be super heavy for a couple of days and then it'll get lighter, lighter, lighter and phase out. And sometimes just three days, pretty heavy, and then you're done with it. Once the bleeding stops, the uterine lining begins to prepare for the possibility of pregnancy and it gets thicker and it starts enriching with blood. That's when we get our energy level up. That's what we're talking about. I mean, it makes sense if you think about like... um athletes that do the blood doping, they're getting this extra coursing of blood in their body and it's making them go faster and stronger. That's happening in your body naturally. So you can ride that wave and you can take advantage of it and you can start to pump up all of the things that you're doing and make yourself a little bit more physically active and go ham a little bit further during that phase. But then also know that the opposite happens. When you are losing blood, you are losing iron. You're iron deficient. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel lethargic. But you don't have to have these high highs and these low lows, now that you understand it, you can help it a little bit more. So you know, like, okay, oh man, I'm looking at my calendar and I have a lot to do. I'm I'm literally moving. I have to physically move out of my apartment and into something else. And it's going to happen over my period. Oh, I'm going to be iron depleted. I'm not going to feel like doing anything. Well, wait a second. Let's prepare for that then. Let's eat healthy. Have a hamburger that night. Make sure that you're getting the... Um, the iron levels back up and make sure that you're getting the good sleep. I know that right in that um, phase, right before your period, you get those choppy sleeps and maybe you even notice your dreams a little bit more. So ask yourself to settle down, have a better bedtime ritual, make sure you're turning off the screens. Even if you're not sleeping, even if it's jerky and you're waking up and, and falling back asleep and waking up, just ask yourself to stay steady in it. So you don't want to... Um, wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh, I guess I'm up, like I might as well go garden or might as well turn on the TV. Try to do things that are really gentle, really calming, really soothing so that you can doze back in. And if you don't, at least you're in bed at a good time and at least you're resting and at least you're recovering, even if you're not physically sleeping. Sometimes there's nothing we can do about our body. It's going to do what it does, but we can help feed it the right things and we can help cater to it when it needs us to cater to it. And then we can cool, pull back. I think one of the important things, just because I mentioned sleep, it's so easy to make, um, you know how you do that thing when you're like sleeping and you look at the clock and you're like, okay, I have to fall asleep right exactly right now if I want to get this many um, hours of sleep. Oh shit, I didn't. Okay, well now I've got to fall asleep right now. One, two, three. Nope, it didn't happen. Shoot. Okay, now what do I do? You've got to really um, 
not put that much pressure on your sleep. So it's going to, especially, especially right around that phase. So you allow yourself to be awake, allow yourself to get a little bit less hours, but still ask yourself, okay, well then maybe I, you know, I'm going to enjoy a bath or maybe I'm going to do essential oils or maybe I'm going to listen to the um, white noise, whatever it is that helps you tone it down. You don't have to have this intense relationship with sleep, but you do have to have a really healthy relationship with recovery and rest. So that's a lot of stuff. Um, we have somebody coming in in the future here, and she's going to talk a little bit about our period and um, how it works in helping us get pregnant, how it works in helping us avoid getting pregnant, how we can work with our postpartum body, how we can work with our body while pregnant so that we can still, because you're still surging with the hormones, even though it's not, I think it's a little bit easier to connect your hormones with, with your cycle because you can literally see when your period happens and you can make the changes. It's a lot harder during pregnancy because you get pumped and depending on whether you're having a boy or a girl or it's your first pregnancy or your second pregnancy or whether you're busy doing other things or whether you're just at home embracing pregnancy life you might you might hear a little bit more feel a little bit more so um she's going to help us unpack all of that but I wanted to give you this precursor I know I talked about our, our periods in the past I think early on um in the year so if you want to go back and and refresh on that you can and also feel free to look it up but go ahead and give some time today to just like connecting that earlier question of how do I feel with where am I in my cycle because sometimes not saying all of your feelings are directly related to your cycle but sometimes you're more aware of the thing that was frustrating you when it shows up at a certain phase in your cycle or sometimes you're particularly angry at something that doesn't usually bother you because you're just kind of testy right now and maybe it's the hormones and maybe it's the lack of sleep and maybe it's the diet and it's probably honestly the combination of those because if we don't really help our body through our cycle sometimes we're fighting it you know if you're eating the sugar and the sweets and instead of the good healthy fats, you're actually, you're making it a little bit more, a little bit more challenging on yourself. So if you can take care of the sleeping and the eating, then the cycle will do what the cycle does, but it won't affect you as intensely. And then you can better read the emotions, the energy level, the attraction, the desire to do things, the projects, all of that. And you can marry all of that together. And that's what I want you to do is just be uh, just be a well-rounded human that enjoys that enjoys your body's process because it is it's an absolutely incredible thing that's been created again long long before you were even around to realize it long before you had an attachment to it long before you had heard the word period all of this stuff was going on and getting geared up and getting you set up so I want you to maximize it for as long as possible don't wait until you're you're 45 to try to figure yourself out because that's when we get hit with um, menopause and then all of a sudden we're like, oh shoot, I never really, I'm only just now getting to know my body and I'm only just now using it to my advantage and now everything's changing again. And that is sort of how it works. So the, so the more we can understand, the deeper we can understand, I think, I think the better off it is. Um, and that, guys, is it. That is feminism, bro. Thanks for sitting in. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on social media with my Facebook, Bridget Van Busker, my Insta at That's Feminism Bro, or contact me via email, That's Feminism Bro at gmail.com to ask any questions or concerns. If you'd like to support the show, I would totally appreciate that, and we can link up on Patreon. Please take a minute to review, subscribe, and share.